together we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do whatever it is you desire to do in our hearts. We pray that our minds, hearts, and souls will be fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. Praying with this passage in preparation for the Sunday's Mass has continued to strike me how many times in my life <laughs> that I have and do and will continue to speak to the Lord about like, hey Lord, um, I'm not sure if you noticed this situation, but uh, it could use some fixing. Something could be different. Why not, Lord? Why is it just praying, whether it's something in my own life, in the life of our community, and in the life of the world, this longing for the healing, the restoration, the reconciliation, the sanctification that is the truth that the Lord gives. There's this desire in our heart when we experience some form of some suffering, some form of something not being right, asking Him, Lord. And there have been many times in which the Lord has reminded me, either through someone else, through the scriptures, or through me just beating my head against the wall for a while, right? Of this exact passage, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so far are my ways above your ways. Think of this when we think of the actual salvation of the world. I think of me, right? In my particular situation, I'm asking for the Lord to do something and to make something different. Longing for his salvation, his sanctification in my life. But then think of the people, the Jewish people, who are longing for the Messiah, longing for the Savior to come. In the particular time when Jesus came, they were a conquered people, a defeated people. God had promised them, right, this land. He had promised them a kingdom, and the kingdom was no more. And so when the Lord comes, how does he come? How does he come as the Messiah, as the Savior, as a helpless baby? As a helpless baby. I baptized three babies earlier this morning. And I was just thinking, I was like, gosh, little babies, they can't speak, they sleep a lot, mess their diaper, cry. This is how the Lord entered the world as our Savior, like a helpless baby. And then for 30 years, right, 30 years, 
his, his life in Nazareth. You're thinking like, hey, Lord, like, you, you want to speed this up? Like, have you noticed how much we need a Savior? And then even as he manifests his life publicly, he manifests his mission publicly, and he goes and ultimately he's crucified. And on that cross... Right, the world, right, the power of the world at the time, the Romans are, are looking upon him. And even some of his own people are looking upon him and saying, ridiculing him. So if you're the Savior, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Son of God, then come down off the cross. Save yourself. And I, his own disciples, imagine, are praying this in their own heart. Not out of ridicule, but out of great desire. Like, Lord, yes. Yes, come down. Save yourself and save us. But he dies. He dies. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Seemed like everything was over. That all had been hoped for with Christ being the Messiah was gone. But it was then that the Lord came in the resurrection, showing his victory over sin and death. That it was his death that was the pathway to a greater glory, to a greater redemption, a greater sanctification. Because his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Many times we look at ourselves, we look at the church, and we look at the world through the eyes of the world. And not through the eyes and the heart of Jesus Christ crucified and risen. And the Lord is inviting us to trust him. A friend of mine, we were in seminary together, and this guy had a particular, um, you know, physical ailment. It was nothing that was like life-threatening or a huge deal. But, but it was something that was present, chronic. And he asked the Lord, like many times, he would ask the Lord, he's like, gosh, Lord, like, if you would just heal this, then, then I could do even greater things for you than I'm doing now. And he's like, not that I'm like changing the world or any of that, but like I want to give my life to you fully, but this thing feels like it holds me back. And I could give even more to you. I could do even more for you, Lord, if you would just take this. And so off and on, he would pray this prayer and wrestle and struggle, but then surrender to the Lord and surrender in peace. And one day he goes down to the chapel and he's in the chapel and he feels like the Lord asked him this question. Do you want me to heal you? He says, great stillness, great peace. I feel like the Lord's asking him this question. Do you want me to heal you? And he's like, oh, of course. Like, I've been asking you this for years. And in that moment, he began to see, the Lord gave him the eyes to see in a particular way, the virtues in his life that had been built up, not perfectly, but that had grown through this struggle, through this cross in his life, a greater self-control, 
a greater temperance, most surely a greater humility, a greater compassion and care for others in the midst of their suffering. And so as he began to think about those things, with great peace and freedom in his heart, he told the Lord, he's like, Lord, if you heal me, and then I begin to regress in these areas of virtue, then I don't want you to heal me. Like if I am going to fall back in these areas of virtue, if, if this thing in my life is changed or different, healed, then, then I don't want it. But if that's not going to happen, I will take both. <laughs> and he felt just great peace just leaving there, not knowing exactly what it was going to be, giving it to the Lord. And it didn't go away. But he was confident in God and what God is doing in his life. Sometimes, like St. Paul asking the Lord for the thorn in his side three times to remove it. Again, biblically three times doesn't mean, just mean three times. It means over and over and over and over and over again. And what the Lord says is, Paul, my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said he knew that if the Lord, right, it was this, it was this that kept him humble and not, not hurling himself right all down the wrong path out of pride. And so if we're coming before the Lord with our own struggles, with the real struggles of the world, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the joke right now that's not really a joke, like 2020 has been a great year, right? <laughs> We need to come before the Lord asking for healing and asking for change and asking for grace and asking for justice and to actively cooperate with the Lord to the extent of our ability. We need to do that. And I've seen the Lord bring healing and I've seen the Lord do miraculous things. It is amazing. It is beautiful. But as we pray and as we act and do what we can, then, then we just need to let the results be in the hands of God. And trust that he desires our sanctification and our salvation more than anything else. And that God sees the ultimate end game, which is heaven. And the building up of the kingdom of God. But we too many times have the eyes of the world. We're looking at it with the eyes of the world. And we need to be looking at it through the crucified and risen heart of Jesus Christ. Because the Lord's ways are not our ways. And the Lord's thoughts are not our thoughts. And the victory of Christ was not a perfect ascending with no struggles. It was down into the depths. And from there, through death, raising to the heights. And so I'm going to end with this prayer that I've prayed with you before. It's a prayer of abandonment to the Father. And what does this take? This takes confidence in God, trust in God, that he loves me to the point of dying for me. And this is by Blessed Charles de Foucault. Excuse me, now Saint Charles de Foucault. He lived uh, in, the, in the, the 20th century. 
Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reservation and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen.